Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, Ian. Hey, babe. What's up? Before we begin, you have to tell us what our block height is right now, right as we record. Right. So today is July 19th, and our block height is 745664. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's not really breaking news, right? It's just the time. <laughs> we'll throw it up on a Chiron. <laughs> Exciting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Close your eyes, guys, and imagine that those in neon lights. Um, all right, so we've been having a lot of fun. We've been having a ton of fun on the Fountain Podcasts platform, talking to our listeners. It's been a blast. So I'm going to let you take it away and give your regular spiel that you want to give to all of our fountain listeners real quick. Uh, yeah. So first of all, I think we have to start our show with um, uh, Konnichiwa. Oh, yeah. And Ola. And how do you say hello in Italian? Oh, I should know this one. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, because a large percentage of our listeners are coming from those three countries. Oh, that's over, very cool. Over 30% um, are coming from those three countries. What's the, what's the second one? You said Spanish, but... It's Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, awesome. So, okay, three countries I have not been to, so let's get those plane tickets. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of lines up with what we're seeing, where you're seeing listeners of these Bitcoin podcasts in places that are having currency issues mm-hmm. and so their intelligent people of their communities are in the bitcoin space oh yeah we have the smartest podcast listeners out there i have no doubt no doubt if you're into bitcoin you're probably in the top 10 percent of the planet right now humble uh, brag <laughs> it's not a humble brag it's just a fact everyone's like dusting their shoulders off right now as they're listening to you say that yeah i mean just know that you are you are a few group but they will join us soon so yeah, just weekly shout outs or call outs. Um, again, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to us on Fountain to you know update your user profile. A lot of you still have the user with like 15 trailing digits and we would like to include you in the shout outs. But we have a specific set of users that we want to uh, call out for your donations and comments this week. Yeah. All right. So here goes. Trev Dev, Cassie Gu 8, Joel W, Fishstro. Fifth Power Productions, Carib B, Sal, and Puddington Beer. <laughs> Those are all really awesome names, but I think Puddington Beer really <laughs> I mean, takes if you the know, cake. If you know me, I really love that movie. We love that movie. Paddington Bear in one, too, like the unsuspected hits, so... See, you guys are our people. We can just tell. Yeah. Um, and yes, if you're not listening on Fountain and you want to support the show, please go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com slash support um, and check out the other ways that you can possibly support us as we have fun every week trying to flirt with Bitcoin and, you know, keep this conversation going. All right, babe, enough of the housekeeping. What's new? What's going on with Bitcoin? Well, you know, the top line news is bankruptcies. Um, Bitcoin bankruptcies? Bankruptcies in the crypto Ah, community. okay. All right, right? all right. So the crypto for, chaos. Yeah. So for like the past, I don't know, like four or five episodes now, we've been talking about 
crashing. We had Terra Luna. We had Celsius. Um, so there's like a major company went bankrupt kind of right after we recorded last episode. This company called Three Hours Capital. They were holding crypto of a lot of other crypto companies. And so when they went bankrupt, their depositors who were other crypto companies can't get at their like money. It's like a ripple effect. It's called, yeah, it's called contagion. Right? Dang. So three hours. That's so dramatic. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's pretty dramatic. So they're in bankruptcy court because it's a court filing, like this information is coming to light. The, the documents show that they owe $3.5 billion. Billion. With a B. Dang. To 27 different companies. Dang. So with the Celsius, the most of the depositors were regular people. Mm-hmm. Three Hours Capital was holding other companies' money. So now we know which of those 27 companies are. And like, if you have your money... In one of those. Get them out. Definite possibility they're not going to get all their money back. Mm-hmm. There's a likely possibility they won't get any of their money back. And that might cause them to have to go out of business also. Yeah, I would say to our listeners to check out which of those 27 companies are which and you know take your money out but just generally like take your money out of everything and put it in your own wallet yes not your keys not not your your coins (laughs) just think of the dollar as another crypto coin and you don't have the keys to that the keys if you had the keys to your dollars you'd be able to go get gold Mm -hmm. but also celsius yeah what's been going on with celsius are they completely like kaput i mean they're in bankruptcy court also okay um so their documents show that they owe their users $4.7 billion. Wow, so even more. Even more. And they only have $100 million cash on hand. So everyone's screwed. Probably. Dang. I'm going to keep saying dang. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. It's not. It's not funny either. But, um, but this is important Ooh. because what you're seeing is when these companies go bankrupt, if they are holding your money, you are not getting it back. And you would hope that at this point, people understand what a risk it is to give your money to a, a company that's fairly new probably as well, right? Celsius is, I mean, they're within the last three years, four years. Yeah, that's new. <laughs> yeah, there is a collapse going on right now. But if you hold Bitcoin, you're not part of that collapse, mm-hmm. right? Um, then there's two other companies that are also going bankrupt. This company called Voyager. Um, and they kind of are tied up in both Celsius and Three Arrows. So they're definitely probably done. They're in bankruptcy court. And this other company called Vald, V-A-U-L-D. They're kind of known because one of their main investors was Peter Thiel. Mm-hmm. He's a Facebook investor. He's a mm-hmm. very popular figure. But they're probably going, <laughs> I think they're in bank- They're definitely in bankruptcy court. And there's a bunch of other low-level ones that I'm not even going to get into. But it's like four majors and probably like five minors that I've never even heard of that are also like in bankruptcy court. And this is happening right now. It's happened within this, the past with, week. Within the past month. Wow. This okay. is all happening. So that's like... Crypto world. That's that's top level crypto world. There's other stuff going on. Um, but for the most part, that's the news of the day. And the reason why it's the news of the day for me is because I think last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about Peter Schiff mm-hmm. and Peter Schiff's bank and mm-hmm. how you were like, oh, is his failure of his bank like the start of something right i still don't think that's the case (laughs) but i do think that what's going on in sri lanka might be the start of what you were alluding to Ooh! all right guys it's cliffhanger (laughs) let's get into it okay babe dish You know, it's funny because sometimes I forget the actual format of our podcast. 
when you're trying to be flirty. <laughs> I'm not flirting? No, you are. And I'm just like, why is she talking like that? I mean, honestly, I'm talking to you like you're one of my girlfriends and not my husband. I'm like, dish girl, what's up? What's going down? Um, but then I remember, oh yeah, we're recording a podcast. Yeah, so we're recording a podcast. Um, and I like to make all of this stuff as dramatic as possible. <laughs> well, the bankruptcies are pretty dramatic. They are really dramatic. I mean, it's wild to me that there so many of them are happening and just the impact that it's having on so many actual people. Mm-hmm. It's sad. I mean, I know we joke and we laugh about it because, you know, we've told everyone not to put their money in these things and... Can't tell everyone. Yeah, but it's not really that funny. You can't, right. You can't save everyone, but mm-hmm. at a certain point, you have no excuse. Right. So, dish. All right, let me dish. The hot goss. The hot goss. The hot goss (laughs) is what you're seeing play out with these crypto companies collapsing. This is what you would have seen in 08 if the government didn't step in and become the lender of last resort. Ah. Right? So, there is no central bank. There is no Fed. There is no FDIC insurance on any of this stuff that's going bankrupt. Yeah, bankruptcy is bankruptcy. There's no other... Right. Person to jump in or entity to jump in and save these people from complete financial ruin. Exactly. And so there is no lender of last resort. However, in Bitcoin world, Bitcoin land, Bitcoin island, if you will. Let's make it an island. I want to. Yeah, I'm trying. I want to get a tan. Yeah, we're going to stick with Bitcoin island, right? So Bitcoin island, there's there's no federal government. There's no Mm -hmm. lender of last resort. But the island and the, the citizens of the island are the buyer of last resort. So if you have Bitcoin and at any moment in time you need to convert that and exchange it for rupees or kronar or whatever, there is somebody that will buy your Bitcoin in that moment. And that extends to someone who has 10 Satoshis or 100,000 Bitcoin, right? So as these companies were going bankrupt, if they held Bitcoin, there would always be someone willing to buy your Bitcoin and give you money to pay your bills. Unlike luna unlike luna Mm -hmm. which luna uh, they did buy some bitcoin but they didn't have bitcoin equivalent to the amount of stable coins that they were issuing right right? so that's that's where that whole runaway train kind of starts but i really want to i want to harp on this of like there is no body to save you in bitcoin it's the entire community they are the buyer of last resort and what you see is a healthier recovery because the money doesn't evaporate it just gets redistributed to the people who helped you out in your time of need when you needed to exchange it for dollars. <laughs> they were like, we'll give you some dollars if you give me Bitcoin. Okay, deal. And I go pay my bills. It's a savings account. Um, but this idea of lender of last resort, that comes from this fiat mindset. And so one of the things that, you know, this podcast is called Flirting with Bitcoin. And the reason why I think that's such a great title is Thanks, babe. It was my idea. It was 100% your idea. (laughs) I will always give you credit for that. The minute you said it, I was like, yes. (laughs) And I was like, let's do this. Because you can't understand it in one sitting. You have to continually interact with it. You have to continually flirt with it. In whatever way that doesn't make you bored. You know, if you don't like listening to four-hour podcasts, don't. Or overwhelmed. Yeah. If you don't want to read a a 900-page book, don't. But I do think that it's people's responsibility to engage with it and flirt with it because it is the alternative to the life that we've been living, we've all been living. And so today I tweeted this thing that really like sums up what I was trying to say, which is fiat creates fake abundance. It creates the appearance of abundance. I print a button, you have some money, 
and now you can build skyscrapers and look at us right but because it's not real or grounded in reality that eventually leads to like exponential scarcity because i can always print more money then there are resources. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin, on the other hand, is technology that created fake scarcity. And with that fake scarcity, it creates exponential abundance. Bitcoin saving the energy market. It's like, okay, why is that? It's because it created an actual incentive for people to behave a certain way that was beneficial <laughs> to the energy grid. Whereas with fiat, you would just go borrow some money to pay the higher electricity bill. And whoever can borrow the most money wins. Pays the most, the cost of energy goes up, and the cycle continues. Exactly. And so I think that that idea of scarcity and the different mindsets goes directly to what has happened in Sri Lanka and why they're collapsing right now. Yeah. So my understanding of what's been happening in Sri Lanka is they went through a significant period of economic growth. They're a small country. And so I think we should keep that in account as well. But like... They've been doing really well, and then the pandemic just completely desecrated their economy. And then the war in Ukraine and the supply issues happening around the world have impacted them to the point that the people, I don't know, in the past month or two, were facing such scarcity of goods and high cost of fuel and things like that, that the people have completely rebelled against the government. Is that a fair description of what's been happening there? That is a very accurate description of what has happened in Sri Lanka. Okay, but bring it back to Bitcoin. The part that is not being talked about is that period of economic prosperity that you were talking about, that was fake. It was artificial. It was that like, was fake. It's money that they borrowed from other countries. Mm -hmm. And when they defaulted on those loans because their economy was suffering, mm -hmm. that's when shit hit the fan yes and that seems to be a trend around the world is when a country defaults on their loan this is where the the story of sri lanka is so interesting because it's like a microcosm of all the different kinds of failures of state that we've witnessed since the end of world war ii they fought a like civil war for like 20 or 30 years mm -hmm. right those don't usually end well and they didn't but it ended and you know, a very wealthy family kind of came to power in that country and kind of ran the politics. When Sri Lanka was like having this, they were seeing all this prosperity, it wasn't going to the people in Sri Lanka. It was coming in as this fake fiat money mm -hmm. and then being showered on all of the upper echelon elites, mm -hmm. right? But it was never making it to the people. What the people were getting was the tourism. So you create this fake prosperity that makes people go there as tourists. The tourists bring the actual money that's feeding the the people that makes the people feel like oh look at all this stuff yeah that's being built. it creates a new industry that can generate revenue and it's not costly to run businesses that can generate revenue from tourism until a pandemic happens no one saw that coming mm -hmm. right i would argue that without the pandemic they were still going to have this problem it was just probably been maybe a year or two later mm -hmm. and the reason is is that we then have the war in ukraine Right? Yeah, it could there's, be anything that can destabilize exactly. a tourism exactly, industry. Right? Yeah, there could be major crime. People could not want to go to that country anymore. I mean, this happens all the time. Exactly. Tourism is somewhat an unstable industry. Even in Mexico, they suffer. Even in Florida. Yes, exactly. Right? Like yeah. Disney World's like having problems mm -hmm. with money. They were mm -hmm. having problems during the pandemic. Yeah. So you could say it was the pandemic, but I would argue that there was something coming. The problem there is that if your leadership is not running your government or economy in a way 
that assumes that something bad is coming, I would call that negligence. And Mm -hmm. I would imagine that most leadership around the world has been doing that for the majority of the last century. Status quo. Status quo. And no one wants to be the person that like says we need to prepare for a rainy day because it's going to take away from some other thing that the people really want today. So now they're, the leadership of Sri Lanka has like fled the country. Oh, they did like this straight up banana republic, mm-hmm. flee the country on a private jet. Mm-hmm. Is there any other way? It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, okay, you're fleeing a quote unquote failing country and you're taking a jet? Mm-hmm. You need to be on a raft. Like, I would respect anybody who flees a country under their own manpower, rowing a boat out into the river or (laughs) out into the sea, right? They don't want your respect. It doesn't matter to those people if this country collapses or not, because they were skimming off the top. All of that fake prosperity was going to the people at the top. The people knew that that was was happening. But like a couple months ago, when they basically declared declared bankruptcy, it was like, how are we bankrupt when you're spending billions of dollars Mm -hmm. on this thing? That doesn't add up. It's like, why did we borrow all this money? It's like, oh yeah, we were going to spend it on ourselves. Okay, so bring it to Bitcoin. Right. So I think that Sri Lanka has a very interesting decision to make. From what the news media is saying, the new Sri Lankan government or whatever they're calling it, they're going to hold a presidential election. They're going to get new leadership. And I'm sure the person that gets elected is going to say, I can fix it all. And the reality is that they can't. The reality is that the problem is too big for any leadership to come in and actually fix this problem. What it needs to be is a ground up solution from the people of Sri Lanka. And I think that if Sri Lanka were to do the exact same playbook that El Salvador did, Sri Lanka would be one of the darlings of the Southeast Asian community within 10 to 20 years. And what El Salvador is, it was And El Salvador, when you're referencing them, they adopted the Bitcoin standard. They made Bitcoin the currency of their country. It sits alongside the United States dollar. Sri Lanka don't have that problem. Sri Lanka could say, this ain't working. We're doing the El Salvador playbook. And there's only one currency in this country, Bitcoin. And is there a movement within Sri Lanka to do this? Every country has Bitcoiners that... If you get enough of them in a room, you could call it a movement. But I, from what... Don't call it a movement. It's a moment. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, obviously there's people in Sri Lanka and people all over the world that are saying roughly what I'm saying. Okay, you could go to the IMF and borrow more money and keep the current system going, which seems to be the playbook that whoever gets elected is going to execute. Yeah, if the IMF likes them. Why would you do that? That playbook just failed. They give you a bunch of fake money. You spend it on things that aren't going to be productive. You just pay off your friends and the cycle continues. I would argue that if the Sri Lankans are looking for a person who's going to fix the actual problems, do not elect anyone who says they're going to take money from the IMF because that is the source of all of their problems, just like it was in El Salvador. And you see that El Salvador has made Bitcoin legal tender and the IMF comes at them every single day because they're not taking any more loans from them. They are not taking any more loans from the IMF. That's one country that they're like, we don't want your fake money. And Sri Lanka could be number two. And they're in a better position than El Salvador because they actually declared bankruptcy. (laughs) Like, what else do you have to lose? Yeah. Try something new. It's going to be just as painful as if you keep doing the same thing. Yeah, and it is exciting that the people rose up, you know, took over the president's mansion, like all of the footage of that. It seems like if there was ever any moment for a bold change, 
this would be it. Yeah, and it's not only happening in Sri Lanka. Where else is it happening? There are riots all over the world right now, and we're not, it's not being covered. Mm-hmm. The Netherlands. You know, we had the Canadian truckers in February. Now you got the Dutch farmers in July. That's like three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's more. And it's all the same thing. There are people at the top that are telling them what to do, and they're saying, this is going to put me out of business. I will not do it. That is the gist of all of these protests. And I would argue, specifically in Sri Lanka's case, do something a complete 180. It can't be worse than what's got (laughs) you to here. I think that if there's a single candidate in Sri Lanka that starts talking about Bitcoin and advocating for Bitcoin and advocating for the El Salvador playbook, that is the person that the Sri Lankans should elect. All right, Sri Lankans, if you're listening... Share a podcast with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Plug that show, babe. Plug that show. No, I'm trying to help people rise up and take over their own country. This is exciting, and I'm, I'm rooting for them. There is a possibility that this happens. Maybe not with this initial leadership change, but I do believe that maybe in one or two leadership changes from now, it's, it might happen, and here's why. So remember when... Um, you know, a couple months ago when we seized all of Russia's assets and the, the Russian ruble like collapsed. Oh, yeah. Right. And what did I say then? I said, if you're a person in Russia who's holding Bitcoin instead of rubles, you just got richer. You can get more rubles for the same amount of Bitcoin. Go buy that house. It's 30 percent off. Yeah. Right. That wasn't a collapse. The Bitcoin holders in Sri Lanka are really, really wealthy right now. Mm-hmm. They can get a lot of rupees for nothing in Bitcoin terms. And so if the country does stay on the path that they're currently on, they are going to intrinsically make the holders of Bitcoin in their country extremely wealthy very fast because that exchange rate is going to be so ridiculous because you just declared bankruptcy. Yeah. The people who got their money out and bought Bitcoin instead are just sitting there like, like in Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Buy. <laughs> Buy. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. It's knowing that the country's currency is not going to go up in it, the next year, like at minimum. Exactly. It's a no-brainer. And so this is the same thing for Turkey, for Lebanon, for Syria, all these places that are very unstable and could have this happen at any moment. It's the same story. Sri Lanka is showing you If you had your money in Bitcoin before this happened, yeah, obviously it's bad in Sri Lanka right now, but your money that you have in Bitcoin is better than the money of the country right now. If you need to buy a plane ticket, you can get the appropriate amount of money to get out of that country if it's in Bitcoin. But if it's in the Sri Lankan rupee, good luck. You're stuck. You're stuck. So yeah, like if you're in a country and you're paying attention, emigrate financially to Bitcoin Island. Ooh, I like that. That's why I like making it an island, right? (laughs) Emigrate financially to Bitcoin Island. And when you do that, yeah, your country might get into a really bad position. But at that same time, your Bitcoin relative to your country's currency is going to keep you in a safe place longer. You still probably should get out if it gets really bad. You might be able to weather more extreme times than someone else who was holding basically the equivalent of holding your money in Celsius when it goes bankrupt. Ouch. That's what has happened to a lot of people in Sri Lanka right now. That's what's happening to people in China. That's what's happening to people all over the world. And the people who are holding Bitcoin right now, technically don't have to worry about that. 
because whatever financial system grows out of the ashes, there will be an exchange rate established with it to Bitcoin, just like everything else. And we'll just keep it moving. So yet again, in these trying times and what seems like an unthinkable situation that someone couldn't get out of, Bitcoin brings us hope. It definitely brings hope. And I feel like people in places like Sri Lanka, when you finally get it, I could see it giving people a lot of hope. So as a Bitcoiner, are you sad when you hear about these things happening? Or are you just mostly excited about what it means for the acceleration of Bitcoin adoption? I'm definitely not sad, but I'm not happy. Yeah. Because of how well I understand Bitcoin, I understand what's actually happening to these people. My like comforting thought is that I know that there are Bitcoiners in Sri Lanka. And I know that if they're real Bitcoiners, they're probably running around in their neighborhood amongst their social circles screaming like, yeah. we got to get out. We got like, if you're a real Bitcoiner, you're probably doing that with as many people as you care about and as many people as you can. Because I know that that's happening. Okay, not everyone's going to make it, but there are good people out there that are trying to help as many people as possible. There are, and we're rooting for all of them. So yeah, exchange. I don't want to say buy. I try not to say buy anymore. <laughs> exchange your currency, whatever currency you're in, exchange it and get on a boat to Bitcoin Island. We'll meet you guys there. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Did you know the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast runs on the value for value business model? So what does that mean? Instead of having to listen to us read the same batch of ads every episode, we're looking to you, our listeners and supporters, to support the show if and when we provide you with something of value. Value can be anything, some new piece of information, a new point of view, or even a good old-fashioned belly laugh. When we provide value, we ask that you contribute to the show what you believe the value is worth to you. Hence the term, value for value. To learn more about how to support the pod, visit flirtingwithbitcoin.com support. And don't forget to subscribe so we can always keep in touch. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.